I didn't come from Canes. So I needed to embed myself in the Canes culture. I needed to understand what did the work, the nighttime shift do differently than the front, you know, the AM shift. Yeah. And what I know that we don't have any cutlery, right? Because I've eaten in our restaurants and I know that we don't have any glass, but it's important for me to see the day in and day out so that when a workers' comp claim comes in, is it even potentially feasible that that injury happened? Welcome to The Defense Never Rests with Morgan and Akins, your monthly dose of uncommon sense about all things legal and some that are not. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this episode of The Defense Never Rests. Now I'm joined by my new favorite co-host, Melissa. Hi, Melissa. <laughs> Hello. Oh, I'm very happy to have the title. Thank you. <laughs> so today I, I'm excited we have on um, Latoya Lee and she's a uh, claims director at Raising Cane's Chicken. And I don't know how many of you have tried Raising Cane's or have Raising Cane's by you. I, we don't have it yet by us, but it's coming. It's an, it sounds like just an incredible brand, um, incredible restaurants with great energy. And like Latoya just really brings forward that that energy, don't you think, Melissa? She's so... Is she, it, she's a true team player for the brand. You can tell that she really loves it. And be forewarned, if you are listening to this hungry, you're going to be in trouble. Yes. <laughs> you might want to get a snack before. You or might maybe- want to have a snack. Yeah. Uh, so with that, let's bring her in. Good morning, Latoya. Thank you so much for joining us on the Defense of Arrest. How are you? I'm good this morning. How are you, Megan? I'm good. It is an unseasonably cold day in Southern New Jersey. I'm not liking it. I don't know. Melissa, what's it up for you? It's, it's horrible. Five- yeah. It's horrible. It's, it's, yeah. <laughs> like, I was at my kids' lacrosse game on Sunday night and it snowed. E. I was like, what is going on here? It's, it's spring. It's not supposed to snow. No, I know. It's craziness. <laughs> but we're not here to talk about the weather. <laughs> we're here to talk about you. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, you and I talked like a few weeks ago and we just had, an awesome conversation. And I want, I'm going to divulge a little bit of our conversation just so sure. our listeners can get an idea of you. So we probably spent, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes talking about cleaning our house for cleaning ladies yep. and our family's disdain <laughs> <laughs> for, yeah. for that. So we really connected. <laughs> I do the same thing. See, It's like an hour before yeah. I clean. Yeah. I, my husband shakes his head and but I just, I, you have to, you want to be presentable. Well, it's funny because we, my house cleaner, Janet, she's been with us for many years and she came yesterday. And so yesterday morning, I was telling my kids before I sent them off, I'm like, pick the stuff up under your bed, make your bed. Janet's going to think that we are like heathens and slobs. Like get your, and she goes, mom, Miss Janet knows us. She knows we're not slobs. And I'm like, I can't tell. So she's like. <laughs> <laughs> she like trots up the steps and makes her bed she's like this woman is nuts like why are you doing all of this if you had someone come clean I'm like literally cleaning the counter she's like what is the purpose of you cleaning if Janet cleans I'm like I need to make it clean so she doesn't think that we're dirty she's like whatever yeah. I don't get it I'm going to school so <laughs> well, one day so, she'll understand yeah, one day I she'll mean- understand <laughs> Janet's got to get to the stuff that you can't get to. That's exactly like, right. I can wipe down a counter. Like <laughs> I, I can handle that. Like, but I, I don't do the baseboards or the Mm-mm. blinds. It, like, yeah, you got to be the nooks and crannies. Yeah. 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 She does. She's, she's phenomenal. 
yeah it's like phenomenal my my nine-year-old is a um a collector if you will uh-huh. of of all things you know yeah. so she has all her things all I mean every surface in her room is covered in oh, I mean her treasures Stuff. yeah and I'm like can you just like consolidate it so they you know like <laughs> they can she's like why like why can't can they just not touch my stuff I'm like are you gonna clean all the dust off yeah exactly. probably not <laughs> no she's like dust. I don't even know what dust is it's fine <laughs> his daughter has like probably like 45 snow globes you know that oh, <laughs> snows on top and inside <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Anyway, so Latoya, you are the director of claims, uh, Raising Cane's Chicken. Um, And why don't you tell us a little bit about Raising Cane's? Because we don't have, you're coming. You are coming coming. to to Philly area. And I'm super excited. Awesome. Um, We are. So Raising Cane's, yeah. So Raising Cane's is a fast, casual, quick service restaurant. We have basically four menu items. Uh, we have chicken fingers, French fries, coleslaw, and Texas toast. We have a special sauce known as cane sauce. Um, and we make our own fresh hand squeezed lemonade every day, as well as iced tea. Um, it's phenomenal. It's our one love. Um, we focus on quality food, um, focus on uh, fun, cool culture, and an amazing atmosphere. Uh, we uh, have disco balls in every restaurant. We play music. Um, our crew members wear shorts. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's just fun. a fun, cool <laughs> place to work. Um, and, um, and yeah, so that's what we are. We um, originated out of Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Um, and now we have over 600 restaurants. And we are on a trajectory of growth like nobody's business. Um, I've been with the organization about six and a half years. And um, I think we were at 240 something restaurants when I started. Um, And now we are slated for 2022 to open 100 restaurants in one year. So it's, um, we are rocking and rolling. We are entering several new states, Philadelphia being one of them. Um, I think we make our footprint in Philly um, late April, beginning of May sometime. And we're moving into Florida, um, uncharted waters for us. We're moving into Tennessee. I mean, we have um, so many, so many new states um, that we are so just so excited to, to make our footprint in. Um, we have a food truck that left a couple weeks ago um, that um, finally made it to Philadelphia. We drove it from wherever it was um, to Philadelphia to get to, to kind of get the public excited. That's um, cool. And You'll so, test it um, out a little bit. Test it out. And um, it's phenomenal. I mean, I, I'm, I'm a bit partial, um, but um, you know, I have friends in the industry and, and um, I do think that we have, um, we do it right. We figured it out and um, it's our one love. I, love 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 it and I want to touch on the growth in a little bit but I first want to talk about like how did I mean seems like you really found this like unicorn for for yourself so I did (laughs) I I did um it's funny I started as a baby adjuster at Geico Insurance after I graduated college um I was I went to SIU um C in Carbondale Illinois I'm from I'm from Illinois um, and so I went to college and after college, I graduated, um, graduated and, and moved home with my parents for a year. And I'm the youngest of five. And so all my siblings had graduated from college well before me and, and living their, 
beautiful lives. And I came home and I remember distinctly talking to my parents at our kitchen table. And I was like, I'm bored. Like I've lived in my apartment for a year. My lease is is ending. Um, I was working for an um, uh, advertising company that did um, national advertising for the white and yellow, uh, yellow pages of a phone book, if you can believe that. Um, and I was bored. The relic. The relic. I was bored and I was single and I had this apartment with the lease ending and my dad who um, got arrested soul, he was very much like, well, do a pros and cons list. You have your eldest brother and only brother that lives in Atlanta, Georgia, and three of your sisters, your only three sisters live in Dallas, Texas. You've been uh, accustomed to moving, uh, going to Dallas since you were very young and, you know, you have sisters that are there and and make a choice about where you want to go. And I'm like, okay. So I did a pros and cons list and I ended up in Dallas. Um, And shortly after I moved to Dallas, um, my sister's best friend that worked for Progressive Insurance was like, hey, you could be an adjuster. Like what's an adjuster? I went to school (laughs) for industrial design with a a minor in art history. So I didn't know anything about insurance. I mean, I know that we had State Farm because I wrecked my dad's car and he told me (laughs) that State Farm rates were going to go through the roof. Um, so I knew about State Farm, but that's about the knowledge and experience that I had within insurance was like this big. Um, and so um, I interviewed with Geico and um, was with Geico for a long time and um, stretched my wings and moved to a couple of non-standard insurance companies dealing with, um, you know, high risk drivers and um, got some litigation under my belt, um, did some litigation at, um, at um, some of the insurance companies I did and, and worked my way into management. And it's funny, a funny story, my um, now husband and I were looking for a trip, uh, like a, a weekend getaway. And I was on my laptop looking for flights to Miami. This is like 20, 2015 and uh, beginning of 2015. And um, it, there was like a little Indeed pop up. And it was like Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers. And for reference, where I lived at the time, around the corner, there was a Raising Cane's. And I had loved it. My sister loved it. I had already been introduced to the brand. I already knew what, um, what, what the product was. I knew my, my go-to, like how I liked my food there. And, and so I was like, hmm, let me, let me take a look at that. And I clicked on it and it was for a claims manager position at the restaurant support office in Plano. And I was like, okay, I live in Carroll Penn. Plano is like 10 minutes away. Like, let me, what, what, what are they looking for for a claims manager? Um, and so it did, it literally lists everything that I was doing at my insurance job. It like literally aligned word for word, except it took out auto um, insurance and auto claims and replaced it with like risk and workers comp and general liability and, and property damage. And I'm like, okay, I know property damage because the people on the roadway don't keep their cars on the roadway to run over other people and do all the things. So I'm like, I, I feel like I could do this. Right. Um, and so I applied and um, six and a half years later, here I am. Yeah. And, That's amazing. Um, it is, it is, it is, it is my unicorn. You know, I, I've, I'm an insurance claims person through and through. Um, and so bringing my passion for insurance and claims into um, such a fund industry, a fun um, organization is like a unicorn for me. How many people get to wake up and be excited to go to their job every day? Yeah, it's just chicken fingers. And yeah, we have, you know, like French fries and toast, but it's so much more than that. And so I am um, I'm very blessed to say that I love what I do. And, and um, I love the story on how I got here. So. And 
I mean, there is something to be said about a simple menu. You know, mm-hmm. you don't need to have, you know, you don't need to have a giant, I won't say the name, but there's a certain restaurant that the menu is a book. Yes. <laughs> and I like said restaurant. I do too. <laughs> I, I went there recently. It is delicious. Yes. <laughs> I hadn't been sometime. But like my, my and I, I don't remember if you and I talked about this, but my family has a restaurant. Yes, um, we did. And we just have hot dogs, hamburgers, cheeseburgers, and like chocolate milk and chips. Oh man, not even fries. And oh man, it's been like the same menu since you know 1928, and we have like a hot pepper relish. That's our, our oh. signature thing. And you know, if there's something to be said about keeping it simple and doing it well with what, like, with what you do. Yes, I can agree with that. You know, it's funny because. Anywhere I go, if I'm traveling or even just, you know, picking my kids up from school and I am um, in Caneswear, and that's one thing I'm always branded. Um, I'm always, I got a backpack that says Canes. I got two jackets behind me that say Canes. I mean, my kids wear Canes t-shirts. It is, we have drank the sauce and we're part of the Canes cult. <laughs> um, but to your point, it is. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love said restaurants that have tons of menu options. But it's really kind of nice to go into a location, into a restaurant, and not be overwhelmed with the amount of things on the on the menu. And also, it gives us the opportunity to do one thing really well, which is cook quality quality chicken finger meals. And that's our focus. And when you have a fully focused menu like that, you get to not necessarily tweak the menu, but get it right every time. And that's kind of where we pride ourselves. So yes, I would agree. Um, I love all the other stuff on other folks' menus, but I do really, there is something to be said about a very focused menu. And I, and I mean, I haven't had the opportunity to try it yet, but if anyone there is brings forward the energy that you bring forward, <laughs> I, it's, I think it's I understand be good. the success, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I uh, thank you. And, um, you know, it's fun. It's a fun atmosphere. I got right outside my office here. I got one of my claims folks on a scooter. Uh, we play music here. We have disco balls here. And, and, and we even pride ourselves on saying that we're not a corporate office. It is the restaurant support office. So every soul in this building, this building in the Baton Rouge location, um, we are here to support our restaurants. We're appeared to be here to support our restaurant operators. I mean, we are an operations focused organization. And if our operators are having fun, we are having fun supporting supporting them when, when they have fun. And so um, it's just a natural energy. I came from insurance where it's very stuffy and and it's grays and blacks and beiges and you know there might be a little pop of color if someone has like a flower thing on their desk but here I'm like oh my gosh I have like all of the colors and all of my clothes right and and my chairs are red and there's red on the building and there's red in the office and you got spinning disco balls and it, it, you can't just it, it, you just feel the energy when you walk into our restaurant you feel the energy when you come into the support office and it, it gives you you have no choice but to but to be happy and, and, and exhume fun. So I think it's a lot to do with, it's everything to do with the brand itself and, and the folks we hire. I mean, we, would be, we wouldn't be where we are and wouldn't be who we are if we didn't have a fun, cool founder that, 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 that created this in, in, incredible workplace, but also to the crew members that do it every day and they do it with a smile. I mean, I don't know about you, but I grew up in the kitchen with my grandmother and she always said, you know, your food tastes better when you're smiling. <laughs> and it does. I mean, I can tell the difference when I make spaghetti and I'm like rushing, you know, and it's like, I missed a couple of ingredients and I'm like, whatever, they'll be fine. But when I'm yeah. smiling and happy making spaghetti, it's right on point. I mean, it is 
Yeah. And you had fun doing it. And I had fun doing it. Right. Yeah. And I'm glad that you mentioned the your your founder. Is your founder, you know, involved like really involved in you know the obviously involved in the growth, but like hands on. 100%. I mean, Todd. Graves is our CEO and, and, and founder. And, um, you know, he, you can see him in the office uh, anytime. I mean, I've ridden on the elevators numerous times with him. I've seen him when I go to the Baton Rouge support office. He is in the thick of it. He is, he is a fried cook cashier and you can't really see it because my sleeve is rolled, but it says fried cook cashier. And every person that works within this organization um, has to become a fried cook cashier. You spend time on onboarding when you get hired to go into the restaurants and become a fried cook cashier and really understand what the business model is, understand how we cook chicken, why we cook chicken the way that we cook it, and and really humble ourselves to to say, you know what, me at the restaurant support office, yeah, I kind of manage claims and insurance and do all this other stuff, but I'm humbled by the fact that I get to support these incredible crew members that are fried cook cashiers day in and day out. So this is a badge of honor. Our co our our CEO and co CEO they wear it. He's here. AJ Kumran is here. He's our co-CEO and he's phenomenal. And, and we had a department chat yesterday and he's talking about how he's so happy and, and, and humbled to see smiling faces. And so it's, um, it's one of these that we are, we are privately held and uh, with private being privately held, we get to do a lot of fun things, but it starts from the top with anything. It doesn't matter what organization you're with. If there's having fun at the top and they are involved at the top and they understand um, th- um, the culture and, and the need for experience and, and how that falls in line with growth, then it's going to trickle down. So everyone within that path will feel how the co-CEOs feel. So yes, right. we have a very, we have very involved founder, very involved founder. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't want it any other way. I, I, I don't, I wouldn't want it anyway either. I, I want to come work for you. <laughs> come on. We need a disco ball, yes. at least in our home offices. I mean, there's I no reason why we can't make that happen. <laughs> I think Seriously. I have one down in the basement. My husband, I think, had one from like a party. pre. Uh-huh. My kids saw it. It's in like, the you know, we, we have the Christmas cabin and, you know, the Christmas closet. And it's yeah. So maybe I need to break it out. They're like, what is this? Why does this thing spin? What does this mean? It's like a mirrored ball. You're like, have you heard of John Travolta? <laughs> and the answer is no, they haven't. There you uh, go. No, they have not. <laughs> like, definitely not. Like, I digress, but we always watch Dancing with the Stars and there was like uh-huh. the, the Grease episode in my yes. kids were like, what are these songs? I think my yes. younger one who's seven was like, this song stinks. Yeah. Oh no. And you're like, I don't know what's happening. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> what a sin. That's Greece how my kids best. were with the Super Bowl, <laughs> with their Super Bowl this year. Like the the music and my husband and I are in our element. Like we grew up listening to Snoop Dogg and you know, and and they were like, Okay, wait, who like what who are like who is this? And who is Eminem? And so my kids are like pondering, like looking at the TV and I'm like dancing and singing along. And they're like, you are crazy lady because we have never heard of anyone. I mean, they've heard of like Mary J. Blige because she's like on Spotify. So they might hear a song or two and they, um, you know, but they're just, they're not with it. And I'm like, God, I'm so old. Like what happened? And now it hurts. (laughs) It stings a little. It It stings a little. Oh man, I'm, I'm gonna deny it until I die. <laughs> See, I'm with you, sister. I'm with you. But my kids keep reminding me of it every day, so 
so it's kind of like in my face <laughs> yeah mine are like how old are you I'm like you know <laughs> exactly we don't say numbers in this house <laughs> I always I'm like 28 yeah <laughs> and then, then they tell me I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah thank thanks, thanks for the correcting yeah <laughs> um so you know with you've been there for six years and during that time you've you've seen this growth that, mm-hmm. that it's that's going so how has your your role kind of changed and evolved with this you know high growth that you're that Keynes is going through interesting um so when I like I said when I first started we had like 248 something restaurants and so the amount of incidents that come in um was steady but it was a lot lot less than it was now and and with growth brings more customers more crew members more injuries more incidents in and out of the property so just the amount of folks the amount of traffic that's in and out of our restaurants they're in all in itself increases the amount of incidents and claims that happen at any location so if we're just talking specific to incidents and claims it's tripled i mean at least from when i started to where we are now um and that's not for for like not because we don't have good safety procedures in place. It's just the amount of foot traffic we get, the amount of traffic through our drive-through. Um, more exposure. So, more exposure. Across the and board, so, right. Across the board. And so as growth continues to go up, so does all of the other things. Um, you know, the demand for more chicken fingers and the demand for more French fries, the demand for more customers through drive-through, the demand for um, opening up our lobbies and getting more foot traffic in in our lobbies. I mean, it's just growth is um, growth is amazing. And I always like to say that I got in at the ground floor um, and I'm like kind of riding this elevator and there's no ceiling. Um, that's kind of like incidents and claims, right? It's like I got in at the ground floor and now I'm like, like on the 400,000 floor. And I'm like, what's happening? When does the elevator stop? And it's just like, keep going. But, um, (laughs) but no, so it's, you know, it's just, it's just, everything is increased. Everything is increased. And um, it, we, for me particularly learned a lot. When I first started, there was two people in our risk management department. It was the senior director of risk management, whom I report to. And it was my counterpart, the risk analyst. Um, and now over the course of six and a half years, there's seven of us. We're very specialized, wow. very fortunate organization that they understand the roles of risk management. They understand what we do for the business. They, we have their buy-in, we have their support. And so we have uh, security and loss prevention folks, two of them to be specific, that manage the loss prevention security things. And then we have um, my three folks that are in the claims department. And then you have myself and my my senior director of, of risk. And so we are um, we are very fortunate that we have been able to kind of grow our um, our department based on growth. And you've probably got to build your department though. Right. Yeah. And that's that is beautiful because you got to pay, like build it with people that like work with you and yes. work well with it and people that you like. Yes. And, and um, it, 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 thankfully we were never in a hurry to do it. So my boss, David Rydine is a visionary. And, and when I first started, he always told me kind of what his dream was for our risk management team. And it was kind of hard for me, right? Because I was still in the thick of, 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 of claims and um, managing adjusters that dealt with really significant auto injuries. 
Um, and so for me, coming here was like a breath of fresh air because I was like, oh my gosh, there's like work-life balance and there's like color. And I'm still trying to figure out why people are wearing shorts, you know, that, that sort of thing. <laughs> and, and he had this kind of vision of what he thought a risk management company a risk management department for this organization might look like over a five to seven year kind of course. Um, he has, you know, uh, 20, 30 years of the of risk and insurance um, background. So he has a wealth of knowledge and he came from Papa John's restaurants. And so uh, where he was a, a risk person of one. So he really kind of had this vision. And what was really great is that he gave myself the opportunity to build out this claims team. And not the claims team that I was like specifically looking for that I thought in my mind, I wasn't looking for insurance adjusters, right? I wasn't looking necessarily for a me or someone that's been in insurance. I was looking for someone that was passionate about the brand, particularly starting from within. Is there anyone at the restaurant level that has already drank the cane sauce that, um, that, that lives and dies so to speak, for the brand and, and, and exudes the culture. Those are the folks that I was looking for. And that's how I got my first person. My first, and she's now my assistant claims manager, but she came in as a claims coordinator and she had been, she's been with Raising Canes for 10 years. And she started in a restaurant when she was in high school and she's continued to work through college. And I plucked her after college. Um, and she's been with me five, five years. And so for me, to your point, well, the really special thing about this is taking my time and picking people that I knew would be the right culture fit. Anybody has, I mean, I could have taken an adjuster and, and, and to, to explain the day to day and they would have gotten it like that because that's what they do. But to me, it was more important about culturally aligning the right person to our culture and understanding that we do things different and why we may not be on the hook for this particular said claim. We do the right thing because it's about retention. It's about, um, 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 you know, uh, the bad experience that someone might have had. So we may not be legally liable for what's happened in our restaurant, but we're going to take care of our customer and crew. That's very difficult to find someone um, to understand that. Um, and that also um, is, is not is a, is not a taught behavior. It's something that's inherent in you. Um, and so I found that three times over. And so to your point of taking your time and building this department, I got to do that. So over six and a half years, I've been able to take my time and thankfully have people in place to help sustain the growth. Yeah. And also I can't, I can't not mention this, but that, you know, your, your assistant uh, claims manager I think it just speaks so well to her character. And that's probably how you built out the rest of your team. Like she started this as a high school job, yep. you know, and committed to, to the high school, like committed to that job through college. Like that is a, ab absolutely somebody you want on your team. Like talking 100%. about like drinking the sauce, you know, and then, <laughs> and then <laughs> but it's, it's just a very good character, you know, that, you know, it, it wasn't a, a, a teenager, like teenagers can take jobs and leave them and they can work on them two weeks and quit or you know they go to college and they might come back and work uh, you know on summer break or whatever but she stuck it all through so I, and then you you saw it too so I, I love that I love hearing that she also is the person that would go to when um when something comes in either from the loss prevention security side or from a you know, an insurance or, or, or claims, incident claims perspective, we go to court and we're like, court, um, 
is this possible? When you worked at the restaurant, is this possible? Or why would someone use this versus this? Why would they use this particular container versus this container? Um, and she's a wealth of knowledge. I mean, she, every year we go, every person at the restaurant support office goes back to do recertification to re recertify as a fried cook cashier. And, um, and it was once a year and you would spend uh, two days in the restaurant and you would kind of recertify for your badge of honor. And every year she's like, you know, everyone else at the restaurant support office for the most part will need a bit of um, encouragement. We get very nervous. I get very nervous about, you know, I, I don't want to mess anything up. These, these crew members are so amazing and they run circles around me and I'm like, I don't want to mess up. And she's like, she needs no kind of backing. She gets in there. She, she's on the POS system and she is rocking and rolling. And I'm like, where is the um, chicken finger button, you know? And so she, um, to your point, she, she lives and breeds raising canes. And um, it's just, she is such a world wealth of knowledge to hear her talk about how raising canes, um, how she embodies raising canes and what it means to her to work here and starting out so young and now, you know, seeing her grow through um, getting her first house and, and, and getting married. And she's, um, you know, just all of the things is just so incredible. So she all in herself is just, just this amazing story. Then I bring on two other folks who also have amazing stories. And so I'm like, I feel very fortunate yeah. that I got to slow hire and, and have this dynamic team um, and just kind of wait for the growth to happen. And, and, and I didn't have to rush and go out and find someone just because we were so overwhelmed and just bring on anyone. So, yeah. yeah. I, I, I think that's such a good point though, too, because I think a lot of companies and I'm generalizing, but a lot of companies, when they go through quick growth, they're like, they jump on staffing almost too fast and almost, sometimes overstaffed to the point that then, I mean, growth happens and then it, it plateaus. Yes. And, and so then they, they, sometimes they find themselves that they're overstaffed and then they have to let people go or, you know, and, and so that's kind of the slow process. It seems like it, it's more logical and it, it works a little bit better. Well, and also to your point, I mean, we spend a great deal in time of onboarding making sure that people know where the copy machine is and making sure they know where the coffee machine is. And it's rudimentary, right? It's kind of like, oh, why would I do that? It's because we want to ensure that you feel comfortable and confident. We onboard you for three months. This is not, and then this is all the way up to our co-CEOs is like, it's very important that everyone has a good experience when they're entering this organization for the first time and learning the role. Because if you hear from people that leave industries or organizations and you ask them why, it's like, well, I feel like I was just thrown to the wolves and I didn't have any training. I didn't have any support. We don't want that. We want this to be a lifetime um, organization for you, you know, for our crew members, for me, for my claims team. I want them to stay forever, right? And, 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 and to get them to do that is to make sure that we give them the tools to be successful, you give them the opportunity to ask the questions before before they dive in. You introduce them slowly into the the whatever it is department that they're working in. You introduce them to the folks that they would work in, be working closely with in other departments. You allow them to be great. So when they sit down and they're doing their role, whatever the said role is for the first time, they feel confident, they feel like they know what they're doing, and they feel like they've been set up for success. Yeah. And that. you know, I think 
Keynes is so unique because you get your badge of honor and they train you in all these different jobs that you might not ever do again. But the fact that you've had like in-store training, you sort of know the nitty gritty, does that help you actually navigate claims, like particularly the workers' comp claims? Because like you've been there, you know what they do, like you know what the deal is. Like talk about that. That as as an attorney who works on workers' comp comp claims, that seems so invaluable. Because half the time you have no idea. Correct. And for me, from my perspective, right, you, a, a claim is a claim. It doesn't matter what line of coverage it is. May that be workers' comp or an auto accident. The, the way you handle the claim from start to finish is really the same. Um, what's different and unique about it is, is the claim details. And from a workers' comp perspective here at Raising Canes, um, it is important to me um, that I, was, I didn't come from Keynes, so I needed to embed myself in the Keynes culture. I needed to understand what did the work, the nighttime shift do differently than the front, you know, the AM shift. Yeah. And what, I know that we don't have any cutlery, right? Because I've eaten in our restaurants and I know that we don't have any glass, but it's important for me to see the day in and day out so that when a workers' comp claim comes in, is it even potentially feasible that that injury happened, right? And taking right. it a step further, not just for me and my claims team, for those that didn't come from raising canes, but came from outside organizations, it's the same, it's the same thing for our vendors and our attorney partners. When we onboard a new attorney that's handling, you know, defense work for premise liability or workers comp, um, I take them into the restaurant. Like, how can they properly defend a case if they don't even know what the in the day to day infrastructure looks like? Right. So we take them to um, a local restaurant and I get to allow them to see this amazing operation, how hear the lingo. Right. And, and see it in motion and talk to the crew members and talk to the managers on, on that are working that shift that day and see holistically, OK, from start to finish. This is what happens. And if something, someone comes in and says, you know, they cut their mouth on glass. Well, that's not possible. We have no glass <laughs> in the, in the restaurant. So right. it's, it's in addition to the claims team and, 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 you know, all of risk, it goes a step further with vendor partners and our attorney partners, because they too are helping us defend these claims. And, and, and we're not, we're not, we're not going to, we pay when we, need to pay, right? We, we take, care of our, take care of our crew members, we take care of our crew, our customers and our crew. But we also need to make sure that we're being smart and diligent and properly handling these claims. And part of that is uh, the extension of the brands, our attorneys, and like I said, our vendor partners understand um, what we are, who we are as an organization, how we do business and why we do the business the way that we do. To that point, though, you know, that I, I think that is so important, like the, from an attorney standpoint, that the, the site visits and being, having your boots on the ground for a, any client, for any sort of um, incident that may happen, it's so valuable. Like, and when you're talking about, you know, bringing, you know, your attorney partners on, I remember there, I used to work for one client that was a restaurant and going there to that restaurant so many times just to understand as yeah. you how the operation <laughs> works and you know and and it was not I mean, the, the location wasn't that far from my office so I, like and the partner I was working for at the time I didn't understand I was a green attorney I just started and she's like oh we're gonna go over there today for like lunch and I was like okay cool but like <laughs> she but it was like 
part of the process to see for us to see how everything operated there down to like okay walk through the revolving door okay now leave the restaurant and go yeah now they have go and I was like why are we doing all this but like, it does it makes so much sense and anytime we had a case with them I understood like no no like that isn't over there like the they right. wouldn't have fallen on that. I've been there a hundred times now. I understand how the operation goes. To your point, yes. I mean, everything. We had a um, case in Louisiana and um, my defense attorney um, had known and loved the brand because he went to LSU and, 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 um, and was from Louisiana. So he already knew the brand. But when, I, when we brought him on and vetted him and spent some time with him, many years later, um, he, we had a premise liability case and it was regarding the legs on the table. And it was really funny because when the, when the petition came in, the case was litigated when the petition came in and he's reading through and he's, and he's kind of looking at all of the document information in the, in the petition. He goes, he calls me and he goes LT, which is what everyone calls me. He goes, Hey LT. He's like, I got this 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 litigation and and he's going and he's talking and he's like they're talking about the tables and he goes y'all don't even have that type of table and so to your point the whole vetting process and 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 understanding what's in our dining rooms and what's in our uh, behind in the back of the kitchen you know in the kitchen back of house and all of that has helped our attorneys understand who we are as an organization and what types of things are in our restaurants and what types of things are not in our restaurants. There's been several times where stuff's been filed, litigation's been filed for Raising Cane's and it turns out um, that it didn't even happen at Raising Cane's, you know? So uh, that sort of thing. But it helps when you have folks on your team, extension of the brand that um, that knows your brand and, and knows your restaurants and can say without a shadow of a doubt, nope, that didn't happen. It didn't happen there. Great. Not um, a lot of vegetarian attorneys, I guess, uh, <laughs> defending um, you. Yes, vegetarians <laughs> because they eat our toast with the sauce. They eat our fruit, they eat our coleslaw. <laughs> Very you true. Stuff for their, for you All inclusive. Eat. All inclusive. <laughs> Oh, this this is probably a, maybe a really good podcast to film right before lunch because I'm starving now. See? And now you get to go find something to eat that's not cane. And then you I'm can st- think about us coming to Philly. Well, I'm thinking about is your truck in Philly now? Can I go drive there? <laughs> <laughs> it's only 12 miles away. But it is in Philly, in fact. I don't know exactly where it is, but the, the food truck is in Philadelphia somewhere. Very true. Um. So I'm curious, though, so, you know, you, you came on really at the at the starting floor of the this ex- crazy explosion. But you also came on like coming from, I would want to say, like a traditional like big box insurance yeah. claim or a company handling those types of claims. So but now you walk in as things are expanding, you're building new properties, you know. So how was that adjustment now? Because like, you're probably seeing claims that maybe rise out of construction. So now now you're looking at you know, contracts between yes. the GCs and subs and trying like, so, you know, how did you navigate that learning curve? Um, well, working very closely with our real estate and construction team, yeah. that was new to me. Um, and when I first started, we had one attorney um, and, you know, all these years later, we have a real estate attorney and we have this attorney and we have uh, a um 
corporate counsel for employment, you know, that sort of thing. And so really navigating as a baby risk person or, or new Canes crew member was utilizing the resources that were at my disposal, which was help me to understand from our facilities department, the folks that, um, that manage, um, you know, the ins and outs of the restaurant and from the real estate department that, you know, picks, picks these plots and the construction team that actually has the team of folks that are building these restaurants. Help me to understand what our contracts say. Help, help me to understand where is the border of our restaurants? Because that's really what you're seeing now is something's happening during construction and we really need to even confirm if it's our if it's our property, you know, we, we have standalone restaurants, brick and mortars, but we also have um, restaurants that are in the same parking lot with other, other, um, you know, businesses. And so is this our property line or is this not our property line? And so really trying to understand kind of the ins and out of real estate and construction. And now I feel like I know all things construction, not that I can go like build my old house, but I feel like I've um, been very fortunate to build those relationships due to the slow onboarding process and being given the opportunity to meet with folks that I potentially would meet later in my future, which is now, um, and building those relationships so I can say, hey, Romo, like what, like help me with this or hey, Scott or hey, Bruce or whomever, help me understand what this contract says and was there a contract in place? And now that we're, you know, no longer a mom and pop shop, what does it say now? And walking down to one of our incredible attorneys and saying, help me, can you help me digest this contract? And what does this say? Um, and so that's kind of how I navigated. Before it was, um, it was lots of, I'm nervous. I know how to read a contract, but I don't really know what it means. And let me get some help with this. And now it's like, oh, I feel like I'm a pro. I got all these extra hands all over the place at my disposal. So I'm looping in this person, I'm looping in this person and we're meeting and we're talking about it. I'm no fool. I'm not recreating the wheel. I'm using a wheel that was created before me and I'm just bringing in the key players. Yeah. And that's super smart. And (laughs) you know what, you know, there should be more of that. Like, like I, I, it drives me crazy when people just try to recreate the wheel when you have like things at your disposal, like even from like a comp perspective, like, yeah, I don't, I don't do comp. Melissa does comp. You know, Mm -hmm. if I have a question, I'm not, I am not going to research it to death on my own. I'm going to ask Melissa or one of my other, you know, colleagues that that's what they know. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I mean, litigation claims, it's all a team sport, you know, I mean, no one knows everything Correct. and people have different expertise. So it, you know, it's like you said, you have to do that because then you're going to get the best result. 100%. 100%. So also, with you know, with this great growth and expansion, though, and you're expanding into different states and jurisdictions. So, how has that been for you? Because I mean, it is a wild, wild world out there, and, like, um, and they're all different, and all all the rules are very different, and different deadlines, the things that yeah, keep it, you up at night. It, it, it yes, expansion and growth into new entry states. Um, that is one of the things that keep me up at night. It's interesting. Um, a lot of folks always ask me, "What keeps you up at night?" And I'm like, you know, besides my 15 month old pandemic twins. Um, <laughs> oh, oh uh, wow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, um, in all honesty, what keeps me up at night is I always want to be ahead of the curve. I always feel like risk management all in itself is a very reactionary position to be in. Claims, obviously, just by nature and the name of it is, um, is a very reactionary position to be in. And so um, doing my research, um, 
vetting attorneys, we um, are part of a distribution within the organization where we are kind of um, alerted um, early when we're going into a new state. And that is my cue to start jumping on the horn with my attorneys, my vendor partners. If I don't have an attorney for that location or reaching out to my colleagues, I'll call you know Steve with Chick-fil-A or I'll call Britt Warwick with Texas Roadhouse or you know, um, uh, Jonathan with main event and they say, Hey, we're moving into this state at the end of the year or next year. And I don't have an attorney. Who do you use? Who do you trust? Um, and then I start making those connections based on whom I trust in the industry to help me navigate. Okay. Tell me about this state. What do I need to know? What do I don't need to know? Is it very litigious? Is it an employee friendly state? Um, am I going to be like drowning in litigation? Like, how is it with workers' comp and premise liability? Is it like, is there a lot of it? Like, just tell me the ins and outs. And that's kind of how I navigate the new states. I mean, you know, when I was brought on in 2015, I was specifically brought on because we were moving into California mm-hmm. that we had never made, we have never been in California and um, we were opening five new restaurants in California. And that's one thing about Raising Cane's is we don't just open a a cute little restaurant here in a new state and and hope that it, you know, sink or swim and like pray that it like swims and we do well. We saturate the market. That's one thing that's also unique about our growth is like we do this kind of saturation of market. Our real estate folks are genius. They spend years thinking about the trajectory of our growth and where we're going and they research it and have all these business deals um, so we have locations all over the map in one particular state. Um, and so, yeah, I use my, I use my friends. I use, yeah. I, you know, I do a little bit of research, but to your point and what I've said, I'm not going to recreate the will. There are people that know this state and defend claims in this state for a living. I'm not going to pretend like I am like super smart and can just figure it out by Googling it. I'm going to call said person and say, I need some help. We're moving into Tennessee at the end of the year. We've never been in Tennessee. It's a brand new state. What do I need to know about Tennessee? Who are my friends? What what vendor partners do I need to have? And and I use my resources. Yeah. Well, it's shameless plug. We're in Tennessee too. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> um, Talk after but, the podcast. <laughs> yeah. We're not recording. Um, <laughs> what stood out during that outside of, you know, you, using your resources of your friends, but you mentioned com- competitors, yeah. and but they're not. I mean, sure they're competitors, but they're like they're your friends, like your your allies. Yeah. They they're already where you you're you're moving, so might as well use. It. And I love that because before I almost mentioned one of those chicken uh-huh. restaurants, and uh-huh. I was like, oh, I'll, I just won't. But I I love that you brought it up because I was yeah. like, yeah, I could see them being a, a competitor, but the fact that you, it doesn't even seem like you look at them as a competitor. Like we can both no. be here. We, we have there's different enough, models. There's enough space for everyone to play. Yeah. Um, there's enough chicken lovers out there for there's everyone. Enough, <laughs> there's enough chicken lovers out there. And, you know, we both ourselves and we do it really well, I think. Um, and, and yes, I am personal friends with a lot of folks that folks would be like, oh my gosh, you like hang out with like the folks from like in and out and like, you know, that sort of thing. It's like, yeah, I have personal relationships risk management in the restaurant retail industry is very small. And although there's lots of restaurants in this space, we all run in the same circle. And so um, what I learned a long time ago is 
um, is there's, there's, you meet individuals at certain times in your life and those relationships are developed either for the moment or for a lifetime. And I've been very fortunate enough to meet folks as a new person in risk six years ago that have guided my career, that have given me um, countless opportunities and have met and in, introduced me to several people, several different vendors and attorneys that have really set Raising Cane's um, set our bar very high. And so um, I use those folks um, when I need them. And it's not just who's, who, who do you use for this particular state, but it's like, hey, I am like drowning in this particular area of my job. And I'm like knee deep in, in some stuff. Are, have, you, have, you, have you been there too? And we have very candid relationships, very candid conversations. And it's not, well, I'm not going to talk to you because you're our competitor. No, we are friends in this industry. We see each other at conferences. We hug, we talk, um, we talk on the phone, we email. And so, um, yeah, I'm like, folks may think that we're competitors and from a business perspective, yeah, we might be, but we all play and in, in, in run in the same circle. I love, I just love hearing that. <laughs> and it is a good point though. Like, you know, you, you're doing similar jobs in a similar <laughs> space. So might as well use your resources. Correct. You know, Correct. Like, you're not in a smear campaign. This isn't no. politics. <laughs> no, no, not at all. <laughs> and, and for me, I, I feel, I, I feel uh, kind of like, oh, like so-and-so is reaching out to me because they think so highly of our brand. Yeah. Um, I'm not thinking, oh, they're a competitor, like trying to like get the, you know, secret recipe ingredients <laughs> for our sauce. No, yeah. they're legitimately like, hey, you guys are doing this really well. And how, like, what did you do? And I'm like, I'm going to repeat the same thing when I see you guys doing something, not that they're not doing everything well, but in a particular area, if you're doing something and I'm like failing behind, I'm going to pick up the phone and say, oh my gosh, remember when we talked like a month ago and you're like, oh, this, that, and that. I'm like, yeah, I'm there. What did you do? How did you do it? You know, that sort of thing. And so it's yeah. just, you know, it's, it's nice to, to build relationships um, just because you work for a really awesome company. <laughs> um, and I mean, it's, I think it's true to some extent in like the legal industry too. Like I, I, I have no problem calling like other plaintiff's attorneys and picking their brain about, yeah. you know, a case I may have and get their viewpoint on it. Like, how do you, how would you look at this or, or what would your arguments be? And because, you know, it, we can, it, we're not arch ne- like enemies here. Like, right. right. <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't make you like weaker. It makes you yeah. a better attorney because you're getting actual insight from someone, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it seems like you, you always do better when you reach out, you know, for help when you're, when you're stuck on something, it's never think- a bad idea. I also think, you know, we, me, I feel smarter when I talk to smart folks and I feel like, oh, I just feel like, oh, I'm getting like, like pull it all into my brain. Like you're speaking, I'm absorbing it through osmosis, like right now. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like when you hang with cool people, you feel kind of cool. And so for me, when I hang with folks that know their craft and really understand you know, work comp and GL and property and like all of these different things. And I'm, and I may not feel so confident in this particular area when I get to talk to them and spend time with them and pick their brain, I start to build my confidence up and, and it, it makes me a better, it makes me a better crew member for that. And then I'm just going to share the wealth with 
my team and and different folks in the industry if they ask me and I'll be like oh I got that from so and so and this is the conversation we had because it's not I mean it's not off limits I'm all about sharing and 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 putting all of my folks on a pedestal and a platform so that they can grow too I'm not stifling anyone's growth I'm trying to expand their growth so that everyone can be experts you know subject matter experts in what they do um so during your your tenure there, have, have there been any claims that stand out in your mind as like ridiculous or one, yes. like ones that you're like, you just, you'll never forget? And if you're yes. able to share that. Yes, I have one right now where I right before three minutes before our call, my defense attorney in California was like, you want me to settle this claim? LT, this is ridiculous. That was literally the conversation we had. And yes, I have one claim that is outstanding. It's my oldest claim from 2017 that is still out here and it is still like keeping me up at night. So every time I get an email from my attorney and it says this person's name, I'm like melting in my soul because I'm like, how is this claim still open? Um, but um, so yes, the, the details are that it, it was a pretty easy claim in an employee friendly state. Um, and, um, and the said, um, employee got an attorney, um, and you know, it just, it went from there and I had hoped that the culture would save us, um, because I do think we have such a phenomenal low claims count because of our culture and because of who we are and how we take care of our crew members and customers. Um, this one particular claim, um, it did not save us. And, and so the reason why I bring it up is not because of, um, of dollars or any of that. It's because I feel personally responsible because um, I feel like the claim um, did get so big because um, there was something that he was he or she was uncomfortable with happening at the organization from the restaurant level. And that makes me sad because, you know, we... Um, we take care of our crew members um, through and through and, 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 you know, um, I felt like this one, maybe something went haywire, you know, I'm constantly doing self-reflection when I can't, when I can't get something resolved. I take it personally because I'm like, we take care of our crew here in our organization. That's what we're built on is taking care of our crew and, and having this really great culture. And, and when something slips off the rails, you take it personal. Um, and, and I, and at the end of the day, no matter if it was a former crew member or a current crew member or a customer or, or, or anything like that, I want someone to walk away, not feeling defeated, but feeling, um, that they were really taken care of no matter the end result of anything. And so that's my hope here. When I'm talking to my attorney, I'm like, I want this person to feel like they have been taken care of. Um, because this is not about claims dollars. This is not about any of that. This is about this person's life has been impacted since 2017. And I want this claim to be settled because I want this particular person to get on with their lives. I want this to be the past and I want them to, you know, move on into the future. So that's the one claim I think about. (laughs) Well, and it's, it's a very, um, I don't know if holistic is the approach, but it, it's like, a, I, I, I guess it just embraces your whole brand, you know, and your brand is running true through to your, your approach on, on claims. Yes. And, yes, it's, and it's also not to say that like, oh yeah, we're going to pay you no matter what, but it's, 
you're taking care of your people who come in and the people who work work for you. Correct. Yeah. 100%. Value them. We do. We do. We want you to come back. If you had a bad experience, let us make that experience right. How do you grow your business with customers that come back to your business? We're all about retention. And part of that retention plays into our culture. If you have a really great experience and it's a fun, cool culture and it's, and it's family oriented and you feel like you can bring your kids or grandparents or, or parents trust their kids to come to our restaurants after high school games or little league games, we want that to be felt from every aspect of the business to up and through claims. So yes, it is part of this whole holistic approach that it's embedded the claims handling, the risk management, the safety, security, all of that within risk management encompasses all of the all of the the brand, the image, the culture, and who we stand for and what we are. Yeah, I love it, um, and it reminds I. I Reminds me of a case I had once with uh, another client that is a, um, I would a, a known brand, yeah. <laughs> and it was an issue that they had internally with an employee. And what happened in the end was they're like, "Look, like you were not a good fit at this location, mm-hmm. but we want to keep you on the team. So here's six other locations. Right, right. I think you'll be a better fit. At we we don't want to lose you. So you know." why don't we move you over to this other location? And I was like that, I, I appreciated that so much from them. Cause it wasn't like, we're not, we're not mad that this happened. We're just going to try to work with it and find a solution. Correct. Yeah. I mean, and that's a brilliant solutions. We've done that before in the past as well. If it was um, not all personalities mesh well, and that's okay. Um, we want you to feel comfortable and confident where you work. We never want to put anyone in a situation where they might feel uncomfortable for whatever rhyme or reason. So our crew relations department, which is our human resources department, are a phenomenal group of folks. And um, they work with crew members day in and day out and making sure that they feel confident. And and part of that is we have moved a crew member um, specifically due to a workers' comp um, incident where, um, and it was more from the standpoint of the injury and, and, and the restaurant being too far not necessarily an, um, an, an issue with, with, uh, with like personalities or anything. And we did move that crew member to be closer to, um, to his, his parents' house because that's where he resided. And it was easier for him to get to and from work versus across, across the way. So. Yeah, I love it. Um, so, you know, we're just about out of time, but I, I, I love to ask this question. Yeah. Melissa, Melissa knows it because she, she hears me. Ask <laughs> the the burning <laughs> question. <laughs> well, this one isn't super burning. But... Lukewarm, lukewarm, <laughs> luke, lukewarm question. <laughs> if you were to go back to, you know, your younger, your younger self, when you're sitting at that, that table with, with your dad, making your pros and con con list and you're, you know, you're bored, like what, what, what advice would you give to your younger self? And, then that you wish you had trust your instinct trust your instinct that's what I would tell myself um I've always been confident in my ability to do certain things but I've not always trusted myself to do said things and I would tell myself um trust your instinct step out on faith and trust your instinct that's great yeah so true that's really good advice. Um, and hard, sometimes hard, hard to always follow, but I think it also yeah. works in, in life now too. Like if you have an instinct about a, a case or a, you know, a claim and you're like, this doesn't smell right, or it's 
you're probably right. <laughs> yeah. Very <laughs> uh, true. And, you know, and the, uh, the other thing I just wanted to, to touch on too, because we had talked before we started recording about, you know, you and Melissa share this love for true crime. You yeah. know, yes. So. <laughs> not true crime, period. True crime podcast. Not just okay. in general. No, 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 not just committing <laughs> true crimes. <laughs> We're not just committing true crimes. <laughs> but do you, do you have a favorite? Um, right now I'm listening to Helen Gone. Um, I listened to um, season one, two, and three quite a few times and season four just came out and it's part of the true crime kind of podcast, but it's called Helen Gone. And, um, and um, it is, you know, every season is different, um, but they talk about um, uh, murders that have taken place in the past. And season four this time is about a young lady that disappeared um, a few years ago in, um, in Arkansas and um, how um, because she was um, young, 18 and experiment, experimented with drugs in the past and, and kind of was living this wild free life, why um, no one really took it seriously that she was missing. Um, and um, I think a couple years ago or a year or two ago, her body actually ended up being found. So I'm listening to this podcast thinking about what I would do if I was like a detective and because I know it all about all podcasts regarding true crime, what I wouldn't do and how seriously I would take it immediately. But, um, you know, it just, it, I just love it. It's so, um, it's relaxing to me and it's really kind of fun to hear ins and outs of the investigative piece. And the, these journalists that are kind of on these podcasts are so smart and it's just intriguing to me. So, um, true crime podcast is where it's at awesome. through and through the best <laughs> yeah see my my extent is, well I, I did listen to cereal i like the first cereal, cereal was good um, yeah cereal was great yes, cereal was good um i didn't get into the second one the first one i remember i was listening to when i was on like maternity leave every time i'd like walk my kid i would yeah. listen to it <laughs> yes my husband doesn't understand my love for it and he's kind of like should I be concerned there's lots of murder going on and I'm like it soothes my soul he's like yeah still concerning in fact when a little you, bit more concerning when you when you start taking notes that's when he needs to hide your headphones and I haven't taken a single note only then he's good <laughs> there well, you go you know better you can't take notes you can't leave a trail exactly come on now <laughs> well, Melissa does your husband understand too or is he or is he on the board with you no it's a me it's me and my sister okay I have a I have my true crime uh buddy on it I no he's it. not into it yeah he's a, he's a if it was a sports podcast that might be a little different same, same. yeah time. my husband is totally into the like unsolved missing person oh yeah he goes in like he thinks i think he thinks he might solve some himself like he (laughs) he takes in deep yeah (laughs) you never know tell him to get with me and melissa and we can totally solve it (laughs) i mean i feel like our three brains together it would be without question we would have that person arrested in no time yeah it is That's funny right. I'll bring up things like I, when I was watching Inventing Anna, I brought he's like, I know all about it. Like, <laughs> he was, like I'm not gonna watch it. I already, I already know everything about that. I was like, well, I hadn't even heard of it until I popped up on my Netflix. 
I was quoting, I was quoting inventing, inventing Anna to my husband, like trying to do the accent. And he looked at me like I was insane. I was like, really? You don't know the accent from inventing Anna? Nothing. He's like, no, Mm-mm, no. <laughs> yeah. Like on TikTok, the, there's that one thing that she does over and over. My kids love it. They think it's hilarious. And he's like, what on earth are you listening to over I and over? I think that's what I was quoting. <laughs> that is so funny. I don't have time for this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. <laughs> we digress. Yes. Well, I love it. I, I thank you for so much for coming on today. I, I am super, super excited to try out Raisin Canes. I'm so yes. that they're going to be in Philly. Like it's like soon group uh, trip group Morgan and Aiken's trip yeah well, lunch we trip have, we have a lunch coming up so for everyone listening why don't you like it just they already know all about Raising Cane's but if they want to find find you or you know sure. anything about the, the brand let, let them know sure you can do raisingcanes.com um to find out more information on the brand my email address is l-l-e-e at raisingcanes.com you can also find me on LinkedIn at Latoya Lee. Thank you so much for, for coming on. It's just, I Thank love you. talking to you. I could talk to you forever, not necessarily Total about legal and claim stuff, <laughs> but. <laughs> Total fame. <laughs> so, so much fun. Yeah.